Hey y'all, I'm Becca Gaskin, and this is my podcast, You Changed the Story. When I think about what I'm here to do on this earth, this podcast feels so aligned as a part of that purpose. I want as many women who can possibly be reached to know that they are seen, they are heard, they are understood, they are not alone. Any woman out there who feels locked up in shame or fear or self-judgment or insecurity or jealousy of seeing other women stand in their purpose or not knowing why you can't get free, to really be able to understand how you make sense. Everything about you is on purpose for a purpose and it's accurate, but it may just not be accurate to what's happening in this present day moment. And the work that we do here and the things that we'll talk about here are meant to help you update the parts of you who feel stuck so that you can move forward into more joy and possibility than you've ever experienced. The more and more that I dive into learning about trauma in my own personal work and working with other women, I realize how the things that our body needs to heal are often the most simple things, but they are certainly not easy, especially if you have a trauma history. The very things that are needed for healing are sometimes the scariest things. If you grew up in the early parts of your story and you found yourself feeling frightened or unwanted or afraid, your brain developed pathways very early on to manage feelings of fear and abandonment. Your brain literally organized pre-programmed escape plans. I certainly have a story like this. When I was growing up, later into middle school and high school, my mom would always say, if the car is moving, you're in it. You're always on the go. You're never still. And then I also remember my grandma telling me stories about how when I was three years old, I would call her to come pick me up and I would pack my bow and my little bloomers like a good Texas girl would, of course, and put them in my little suitcase and sit on the front porch and wait for my nanny to come get me and take me to her house. So whenever people would tell me these stories for the longest time, I thought, oh, these are just cute stories or oh yeah, I do have a hard time sitting still. I am always on the go. And now I'm almost 40. And what I'm realizing in this putting together and bringing order and clarity to my story is those were indications of a traumatized nervous system. Those were indications of a girl who was stuck in chronic fight or flight and chronic sympathetic. And I was always looking for a way out. And that's the way that my brain was organized. And now I'm like, oh, so as an adult, when I had trouble feeling settled, when I always felt anxious, when I always felt like I was going to get in trouble, when I always felt like I was going to be punished, when I never felt like I was good enough at any job I've ever done, or I was always comparing myself to other people on social media or in real life, or when I could not calm down and allow myself to feel really connected. And I was always afraid that I was forgetting something and it was hard to relax even on vacation and or no matter how much things I did it never felt like I was doing enough. These are indications of a nervous system that is stuck in legitimate fear and legitimate danger 
And I'm just now realizing there is no threat in my home. There is no threat in here. And that's the awareness that I've come into after learning how to come back to my body. Because trauma causes us to leave our bodies. And when we heal, we come back into our body. And this takes time. Your brain has established pathways that are so ingrained that what I've read is it takes 60 disconfirming experiences around each individual pathway or wounding that you experience with awareness, meaning some access to presence or safety in your nervous system, which is in the ventral category, for you to be able to notice that you're safe. One of the ways that I teach my clients to do this is by becoming aware of the glimmers in their lives. When I was a teacher, every day at the end of the day, I would ask my students, what was their sunshine and what was their cloud? And it was always so much fun to listen to their sunshine. And that's something that I continued doing even as a mom at the dinner table every night. And now that I have learned about the nervous system, I've learned that this is really a thing. Deb Dana, who is a therapist and who really took polyvagal theory, which is Dr. Stephen Porges' work, she took it into the therapeutic setting with actual humans. She coined this term glimmer to help people understand, her clients understand, if we can automatically move up and down our ladder in reaction to triggers, then maybe we could move up and down our ladder in response to something that brings us a sense of joy or safety, which is a glimmer. When I say ladder, I mean those three states of being, safe and social, your fight, flight, or your shutdown free state. And much of this is involuntary. It is controlled by your autonomic nervous system, which is constantly searching and reading cues to determine if things are safe or if things are dangerous. So how do glimmers work? Triggers are cues, whether they're accurate or not, that move us into a response. That serves us really well if the cues are accurate, meaning we are running for our life or there is something that we need to escape from. Whether, you know, if we're running from a tiger, we need to get out of the way and prepare for physical danger. But if it's us being chased by our own memories, and a lot of times unconscious memories of things that are playing out, we don't really need to use that energy in that way because we are safe. But there's this story continuing to play out where if there's an open wound, our body is always looking for healing. So glimmers can be a part of that healing. It really is this opportunity to move towards the safe part and engage and employ our relaxation in the body. This is so much easier said than done because you can probably identify triggers so easy. If I asked you to list a list of triggers from yesterday or whatever, this week, you could probably recall them so fast. But if I asked you to come up with glimmers, it could be more challenging to think about things in your world that help you to feel safe and connected with yourself, your environment, with others that give you those warm and fuzzy feelings when you're cozy and safe. Because maybe there's a part of you that's afraid if you allow yourself to even settle into that feeling that it could go away suddenly or it could be taken from you or 
you know, if you are stuck in that chronic fight or flight, who has time to think about those things because we have crap to do, right? And so it really is this beautiful practice, not just thinking of these fluffy things, but of being able to track where in our day we do have safe and social moments of connection. And this brings us into homeostasis. This brings us back into presence. That's how we heal. The human organism has to have access to this safe ventral part of our nervous system being engaged in order to heal. And without that, we're at so much more risk for disease because our body doesn't function properly and we have chronic illness and we aren't getting some of those basic needs met. There's so many things that are affected by some of the simplest processes of our body, like sleep and eating and appetite and digestion and touch. Those are things we come into this world being able to have as a baby, as a helpless newborn baby. Those things are essential. I really believe that trauma work can't be done unless we can assess some of those things. And when it comes to sleep and relaxation, We don't spend nearly enough time relaxing in our industrialized society and with chronic stress, overstimulation that we have, glimmers really can be a revolutionary tool to help us dip our toe in the water of relaxation and over time be able to engage that part of our nervous system with a higher percentage, which in turn is going to lead us to more health and vitality and flow in our lives. So how do you identify your glimmers? There are a couple different ways that I can share for me personally that have really been helpful. Some of those, I remember when I first started identifying glimmers, I really looked at things that were very common in my world that I was possibly moving so fast that I wasn't able to identify or see. So things like feeling the warmth of the sun or seeing a rainbow or catching a view of your favorite skyline or hearing a song that you love and really connecting with it or laughing even with a stranger smiling at you in public, being outside and feeling your feet in the grass or smelling something like lavender or a rose or some other relaxing scent or, you know, that perfect cup of coffee that you just can savor. So things like that that are just there, they already exist. It's not something you have to add into your life, but it's just something that's already there that you can take in and sit with it and really allow it to engage your senses. When it comes to healing, a lot of it does start with our five senses. The other way that I love to think about glimmers is using your imagination. So if you can imagine worst case scenario and you can get all worked up of how this person is going to react to you and their perception of you or something bad that's going to happen to you or somebody that you love, if you can kind of get in that helicopter and fly to that place as if it's actually happening and you can feel that heart racing or all of those things, then shouldn't we be able to do the opposite? Shouldn't we be able to imagine things that are nourishing and helpful and peaceful? Wouldn't our body respond to that in a way as if it's actually there with us? And so this is one of my favorite newer ways. About four years ago, I really started with just seeing and noticing the tangible things like the grass and the sun and really savoring things in a way that helped me to know that it was safe to be where my feet were 
and not be in that time machine helicopter flying off into the future or flying back into the past. So I really started learning about being where my feet were and knowing that it was okay to be right there. Now in my work over the last couple of years, been able to move more into imagining, bringing in and sourcing from within things that create a felt sense of safety in my body. So let me give you a couple of examples of this. One of those are imagining a really safe place, closing your eyes, whether you do this proactively in the mornings with your coffee or even in the moment where you have to have a hard conversation or you have to do something challenging or you're feeling really overwhelmed and really bogged down, you can close your eyes and imagine a really safe place, a safe and peaceful place. This can be anything, anywhere from a place you've actually been to a place that's only in your imagination or a place that you'd like to go that you have a picture of. And you can really let yourself feel into that by doing something called sifting. You close your eyes and hold that place in your mind and you feel it in your body by noticing when you recall or pull that image up what sensations come into your body and naming those off or writing those down, what sensations. So I'm feeling like I can take a deep breath. I'm feeling really relaxed. I'm feeling my shoulders drop. I'm feeling the absence of fear. I'm feeling softness in my body. And then the eye is images. So describing all the images that you see when you think about that place. You can see the water, you can see the mountains, you can see green plants and the bright light and faces of people, whatever images come to mind. You can get really detailed with that one, which is super fun, almost like little Polaroids. And then what feelings do you feel? That's the F. I feel really loved. I feel really seen. I feel really connected. I feel really at peace or at home. And then the T is what thoughts do you have when you hold this in your body? I think things like, I'm going to be okay. I am held. I am not alone. I am safe to slow down. I can do things from a slow and resource place. I can pause. I am safe. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. The last piece of that, if you have a higher power or connect to something on a spiritual level, is you could bring in a safe figure, an angel, God, Jesus, a higher power to be with you. And I would ask that higher power to join me in that and ask that higher power like, okay, what do you think about this? How could you speak into this? And that's kind of a a thing that I do sometimes. And, you know, allowing that to be spoken over me. You are worthy. You are seen. You are on the right path. You can trust the process, things like that. Another cool way to do this is to think about when you were a child, what were some glimmers as a child that maybe you loved and maybe you didn't get to fully experience? So I remember always wanting the Lisa Frank folder, the Lisa Frank stickers, the Lisa Frank pens. And, you know, growing up with a single mom, like those weren't always available because those cost more, they were expensive or they were impractical or whatever the case may be. And I remember when I think back on that version of me, that young version of me going into the store and seeing the stuff on the shelf and kind of standing away from it and thinking, I can't even ask for that or I can't touch that. That is kind of a headline for anxious attachment, which I talked about on the last podcast. You can want, but you can't have. So it kind of creates this sense of lack 
and lack of connection. And even when you do have the connection, your fear that it's going to be taken from you. So I remember this experience of standing in the store and kind of standing back from it. You know, this allows us to kind of play a little bit and imagining stepping toward the pen, the sticker, the folder, and holding it, the notebook, the spiral, holding it like it's mine. And what that would have been like to know I can have good things. Good things are for me. And allowing my adult self to kind of speak to that younger child or inviting God to speak to that younger child. And about a year ago, I even went to the store and bought some Lisa Frank stickers, Lisa Frank pens, and a coloring book and things like that. And it was really, really sweet to allow myself to have that, to add in that glimmer and to kind of repair that story or reframe that story or bring a new creative way of looking at that story. As an adult now, I am capable and I can resource myself. And as a child, you know, there are a lot of things we are victims to, things that happen, things we experience. We didn't get a say, but as an adult, we do get a say and we can resource ourselves in this new way, even if we feel like, Maybe we're not worthy or maybe it's kind of silly or it doesn't really matter. Our body really does get the opportunity to feel something different when we are able to have the courage to put ourselves in a different place. If we're willing to take that step toward that felt sense of connection or love or safety or hope, even for ourselves to stand there and feel it and then go, wow, this really does matter. I really do matter. The last thing I wanted to mention with Glimmers is this idea of a safe person. And this can be someone real or imagined. So whenever I have to have a hard conversation or I feel scared or something feels threatening to me, I will oftentimes, I will source a feeling of a safe person or a wise person or a nurturing person or a strong person. This is kind of fun because these can be people that you've seen on movies or TV Or it can be people that you looked up to as a child and and just play with the energy of feeling safe. My now husband is a super safe regulating resource for me. And so I will, when I'm thinking about hard times or I'm feeling certain ways, I will bring him in. And that's called a competent protector. Meaning if he were here, what would he say about this? If he were kind of standing between me and the threat, what would he do? That is a real person that I can pull in and feel connected to. And that helps me to feel more connected to my body and my capability as an adult now since that feeling of it's okay. But another really fun way to do it is imaginary figures or characters in shows. So whenever I think of like a nurturing woman I always think of Rebecca from This Is Us. So I bring her in to remind me I can feel that warmth, that that nurturance, that love, that connection. Because I feel sometimes like I'm a human doing, not a human being. And it's all about producing. And it's all about that whole recreation of that little girl running from something all the time and never feeling safe and never feeling like I could be still. And it's this whole idea of really like my lid being flipped all the time in my brain, just like not having access to presence. This feeling of imagining these nurturing women or these strong women or these wise women 
help me to source from an internal place something that reminds me that it's available and it's possible. Because trauma takes us to a place where everything is black and white, good, bad, right, wrong, which means I'm bad or that's bad and they're hurting me. Everything is based out of judgment. And when we can access this part of our brain, we're moving into creativity, possibility, pleasure, curiosity. That's a whole different resonance to how we feel about ourselves, about the world, about our environments. So I'll think about a wise woman, what she would say in this moment of hard, you know, I'll think of Mary, Jesus's mother, like walking up the hill with him as he carried the cross. The wisdom that that must have taken for her to be with him through that process. I'll think of someone like Wonder Woman or a strong female character when I want to source a feeling of strength. I'll pull that in or I'll journal about that or what that would be like. What else could be possible for me in this moment is a question. If, if I could feel something else, how else would I like to feel? If this part of me that is upset was able to calm down, what else would it rather be doing? And what would it take for that part of me to trust me, my true capability, my true courage and person that I am here today? What would it take for that part of me to trust me to lead the show? What do I have access to? How can I resource myself? How can I see this and see myself as a creator of this story rather than a victim in this story? If you're so lucky to have those safe people that are real, you can even reach out and call those people and connect to those people and notice this is a safe relationship. Here's some questions that help you think about, is this a safe relationship? And I don't mean safe from a logical perspective. I'm meaning from a felt sense perspective. One of my questions to ask to know that someone is safe or something is safe is, does my nervous system rest or activate with them? When I met my husband, I shared on the last podcast, even though he was safe, it was very hard for me to believe that it was true because I didn't trust myself to make decisions based off my past relational experiences. I didn't trust myself of what was a red flag or what was a green flag. And so these questions really help me to know my nervous system can rest with him. Am I my best self when I'm with them? Can I fully be myself with them? What's my experience when I express myself? How does that go? Do I trust them? Do they trust me? Do they create a sense of chaos or peace? Do they bring limitations or freedom? Are they a source of my pain or healing? And when I write down the names of these people in my real life and I go through those questions, I'm really able to see very clearly, here are relationships that I can trust that I can lean on in these moments. And then maybe these are the relationships that I don't quite have those answers to yet. So that's probably not, I'm not going to go keep going back to those places and then continue the cycle of disappointment that is a confirmation of the wounding of like, well, they don't see me because if I have a need, they just kind of shut me down. So that's not a place I'm going to go to help myself feel resourced and safe and healed in my body. And that's okay because different people have different places in our lives. As you write those down, you're like, wow, like I only have like a few people. That's amazing that you have a few people. And then once you know what that feels like, you have a lot of white space. You know how to add to that list because you know how to source it. So you could start to look for friends or look for connections that have those same that same resonance rather than 
do they like me? Do they like me? Do they like me? That's no longer the question. It's do I enjoy or like them? Do I prefer this? Is this safe? And is this a feeling of being able to settle in my body? If so, then that's a place that I want to invest. And so we can take the glimmers from our environment to our internal resourcing, and then we can transfer that into our relationships that over time begins to create a new healed experience, which really at the end of the day is such an empowered feeling. The past does not determine your story, that the person that took from you does not get to keep having a say. What happened is not who you are. And you can really begin to create the life that you want. That is such a beautiful, beautiful possibility.